Two Humorous Nurses would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we record the podcast, the Yorty Ordination. We pay our respects to the Elders past and present and extend that respect to other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who are listening today. Always was, always will be. Two Humorous Nurses with Kelly and Alicia. Time for a debrief. Debrief. It's a remote debrief. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still These in isolation. Crazy. I know they're crazy. Do you know what I don't understand? I don't understand, like, because I'm just a close contact. So I do not understand why you have to test on day six, and if you're negative, you can't just get out. You got to wait. I know you got to wait till the next day. Yeah. Like, come on. I know. And I, man, testing Ollie was the worst experience of my life. It was awful. Did she scream? Like, oh, yeah. And I just felt like I was abusing my powers as a parent. Like, it was awful. And then, like, the first time I did it, Mick wasn't home. And I just wrapped her in a sheet and then did it on the floor. And it was horrible. The whole time I was like, I'm so sorry. I know this feels like assault. I feel like I'm assaulting you and I'm so sorry. Like, it was awful. <laughs> and then I was fine at the time. And then afterwards, the thought of doing it again, I would, like, get really upset. Mick's like you know, it's up to you, like, we don't have to test her again. I'm like, no, I feel like we have to because if anyone's going to catch it, it's going to bloody be her. And um, because she was, like, spent the whole day with her cousin who turned out to be positive. Mm. So it was horrible. But anyway, we did it again. And she's such a trooper, like, she recovers so quickly. Like, as soon as it's out of her nose, she's basically fine. Oh, they don't think about it. I know, and then she forgave me pretty quickly. So Yeah. (laughs) You're the milk machine. She has to. (laughs) I mean, I felt the same trying to get Amelia's to do hers. Oh yeah. She was like not she doesn't trust me anyway because she's seen me (laughs) give a couple of injections at work and stuff like that. And she you know, we've watched emergency and Uh, like paramedics together so she just assumes I do that kind of stuff so she is like (laughs) not trusting of me at all (laughs) like she should be more trusting because you're a professional yeah I know but she's not so she's like nah just the tip just the tip she was saying and I was like yep (laughs) righto so I just shoved that first one in like so far (laughs) but yeah I don't know um we get a bit of a break from having to do Amelia because she was positive she's like 30 days Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't know how often we'll do her. Yeah, it's so hard. And I said to Mick, like, it's going to make me really nervous now, like, spending more than four hours with people because, like, Mick's had to take the whole week off work and that's going to screw him now um, for, like, weeks to come. And, like, not financially but, like, catching up on the work that he's missed because he our lawn looks like it needs to be done. Oh, I'll let him know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, um, and now I just don't want to test Ollie again. Like, I just I just don't no. think it's fair that these these little I don't get the four-hour rule too. Like, it's bullshit. I feel like, anyway, it's, yeah, it's so, it's just going to happen more often until they decide that it's something that we're just going to live with and testing is not a, going to be an option anymore well I really hope we get to that point because I'm like at 
I'm right now, I'm going, well, what's the cost? The cost of us going out and socialising for more than four hours is that we could end up in isolation as a family and Ollie could end up having to be tested. You know, how many times am I going to test this kid? Like, yeah. And I I don't know. It, I just I found that really hard and I feel for everyone who's had to test their own kids. And I'm like, I was going to message my mum's group and be like, if anyone wants me to test their babies, it's fucking horrible and no mother should ever have to test their own kids. <laughs> Imagine what, it was, what it's like when you're in hospital and, and you have to do those um, like really deep nasal respiratory tests on those kids with like whooping cough and stuff. I used to have to like, do that when I worked on kids' ward. Yeah, I know. I know, I just, same. I explained to Mick, I was saying, you're like, you know, this kind of test that we're doing now to ourselves and everybody just does all the time. I'm like, this was a test that if a doctor wrote a slip up for it, it would sit there because people would be like, I ain't doing that. The next shift yep. can do that. They're fucking horrible. I'm like, people would like pop them up and be like, nah, some next shift can do that. I'm not fucking doing that. And I'm like, because you wouldn't do them that often, like unless you're in ED or like in kids. It's only like if you need to know what respiratory virus it is like majority of the time um people just get tested like get treated as a respiratory virus and um you don't really need to know i do feel like too as nurses we probably um are doing these tests on ourselves and on our kids or partners Mm. much deeper than normal people do because we know like we know you've got to go past the nostril for it to be appropriate like, yep. I make my eyes water every time I fucking do it, and I'm Thank pretty you. sure most people aren't doing that. No, I know. And, well, if you read the instructions, because we've had probably three or four different boxes, and the instructions, one of them was like two centimetres into the nostril. I'm like, mm-mm. And you see the pictures, and they're literally pointing them vertically. Oh, uh, yeah. And I'm and like, you are never going to get a positive result. Yeah, re- positive result. Like, you need to be going back, not up. Yeah. And um, I, I don't think so people really get that. my friend's a magician and a, he's like a magician. these magician, you know, like does magic. Yeah. And he's <laughs> like, this is really giving away all of my trade secrets. You know, like when they hammer a nail into their nose and stuff, he's oh like, people God. now know that there's a lot of space back there. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, my God, who's putting nails up their nose? Magicians. That's insane. So it's not really magic then, is it? No, well, there's a whole cavity there. But, I mean, like, that's – it's really – you know, when you watch those things, you're like, oh, my God. But, yeah. Yeah. Now everyone knows. You can stick something, you know, four centimetres back in your nose and it's fine. Um, Yeah, but ISO is really – I don't want to have to do it again, but I feel like, you know, we're still at risk. Yeah. It's crazy. I just don't – I just don't understand why it has to be seven days for us. Like, I think if you, like, if you're isolating for, I think even five days is probably enough. Like, and then, and test on day three and then test on day five or just test on day five because day five is going to come up positive or negative. And that's like, I'm like, I'm like, we're not going to catch COVID between now and tomorrow. And if we do, well, which we're not. So, but we're not even testing tomorrow. And they're saying, you know, the incubation or the, like, period is, like, sort of 48 hours to 72 hours. So day three test or a day four test, especially if you're asymptomatic. Yeah. Should be fine. We we tested on, it was technically uh, day three because we didn't find out. So the rules in Victoria is, like, 
um, you've got to, if you're a confirmed close contact, so like being in a house with someone for more than four hours and they find out they've got COVID, basically it's from the date that you last, that you that you spent that time with them. Yeah. yeah. So um, we start, so we saw her on the Sunday, spent the day with her on the Sunday, but we didn't technically start isolating until Tuesday, like midday-ish. Yeah. So that was already like uh, day one, day two, day three when we tested. Yeah. And then tested again Friday and we're all negative like both times. But we can't get out until tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But fun times. The right thing and. It's so weird though, because like if we didn't tell anyone, we would have just been able to go about our business and not worry. Like yeah. take rats and go, yeah, we're negative, and then do whatever we wanted. Like yeah. so many people have said, oh, oh, just come out, or just do this, or if you're negative, then just come. Like whereas, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that, and because people know when we're supposed to be isolating from, and I, and I don't know, I just feel like you probably should do the right thing if you can. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, but it's yeah. been good. Like, well, I mean, other than having my birthday in isolation, which really wasn't that bad. Like, I got to hang out with Mick and Ollie all day, which was nice. And um, the weather's been pretty good. Not that we've done that much. but Lucky you had your party last weekend and not this weekend. I know. But it's just unfortunate. Like, two people from the party have come, come out saying that they've got COVID. <laughs> so, but, I mean, it was great that, like, obviously it was outside. Yeah. And, I think there were a lot of people that kind of came and went and didn't stay like, you know, for a long time or whatever. So we, and I guess there wasn't a lot of, you know, shared things or, nah. you know, um, other than the awesome cob loaves that you made. <laughs> <laughs> Got annihilated. Do you know, do you know, you're going to love this. So that night I opened the fridge and somebody's put the base of the cob dip in a container and put it in the fridge. You know, and I was like, your... who the fuck did that? <laughs> I reckon then... that was your mum. No, your mum then... die, actually. I think it might have been die. I could, they were clearing off the table and I said to Kate, I know that the lunch is out, like that amazing pulled pork that you made was mm-hmm. out, but, like, why do people pack away the platters? I was no. like, I still want to nibble on the platter. Like, leave the platter there. Yeah, and I was like, oh, people do that all the time. They're like, well, the meal's here. Let's put it all away. I know. Just trying to get ahead or something. I don't yeah. Know. Um, I think later I found out that Mick must have told his mum to save it because he really, Winning. the base is the best it's part, the best he reckons. Bit, yeah. And he was like, when I'm drunk later and get hungry, I want to eat the base of that cob loaf. And yeah. so that the next day it was gone. And I'm assumed that because he must have stayed up later than me, I went to bed. But um, no, it was a good night. Yeah, it was a great day. Hmm. It was a good day actually. It was, it was nice, very just fun, casual, low key. You know, it's one of those things. I'm like, I better do something because I know I'll look back and go, oh, I didn't even do anything for my thirtieth, and then I'll be shitty about it. So yeah, no, it was good. I was glad. But I'm um, devoted today. I'm supposed to be going to a hen's day and not going. So that's oh uh, yeah. Bad. And I had booked in a facial with Jack. It wasn't an armpit facial, but it was a uh, <laughs> it was a facial. So I had to cancel that. Hey, I, guess where um, my car is right now? With my husband. Oh yeah, I'm so excited. No, no, he goes. Do you think I should still do their car? I'm like, you pick it up and drop it off anyway. I really don't think it's an issue. I haven't driven it since Monday. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, just you know, disinfect it before you like touch anything we don't have COVID. <laughs> no that's right 
That's what, I mean, that's what I mean. I was like, why can't Mick just come do our lawn? Like, no one will be home. Well, and this is the thing. There was a lot it's of so dumb, isn't it? Whether he could even still work. Like, we apparently, like, so it turns out none of the places that he subcontracts to are actually allowing him to work. So, I'm like, you work outside by yourself. Exactly. And you don't have to see your clients, but. Um, and you have negative rat tests. Yeah, exactly. But it's just the rules and their policies. Yeah. And he's Fair not enough. technically a healthcare worker. So it's all just, yep. you know, I'm one of those people that I'm like, yeah, I'll follow the rules. But if they're unreasonable, it just makes me so angry. Like it makes me not want to follow them. But you'll still follow them anyway. I know. Yeah. Because I'm a goody goody. I've always been a goody goody. Yeah. It's like me wearing coloured shoes to work and it stipulates black. <laughs> <laughs> never going to wear black shoes. You're never going to make me. It's unreasonable. Yeah. <laughs> I wear appropriate shoes, enclosed shoes. They don't have to be black. Everything Mate, else. If you is... don't have to cover up your tattoos, you can wear colourful <laughs> Yeah, exactly. My tattoos are black. That should be enough. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how's your week been in your new job, by the way? No, it's been all right. It's just, there's just a lot happening. And, you know, there's a lot happening and, um, not enough hours in the day to get the stuff done and um, you know just when you go in like I went in Monday like with a plan in my head like I'm going to do this from last week to catch up because now I can you know put the stuff in and then you turn up Monday morning to four emails with four new patients mm -hmm. and so you spend the next six hours organizing that <laughs> and getting nothing done oh, gosh that you had intended to do. Yeah, so it's just busy, but it's not bad. I'm enjoying it. I am enjoying it. Do you see yourself being a manager in the future? Because, like, this is obviously a big um, sort of step yeah. in, in your career. Because I knew for a long I time. I feel like I'm not giving the management side of it a, enough time, though, because I'm you're still, still doing your old job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I'm I'm slotting tiny bits in here and there, like I'm going to meetings and only being sort of half prepared because I don't have the time to be yeah. fully prepared. And um, is that going to change? Are they are you recruiting? Um, I don't know if it's going to change, or if it's just something I'm going to have to live with for the next five months. Mm. Um, because like we tried to recruit into that role, but there wasn't anybody. Yeah. Um. It might change when the grads, so the first rotation of grads, we were supposed to have one, um, yeah. but because of the code brown, they got redeployed uh, um, to acute and aged care to cover those gaps. Right. But I think we'll be getting a grad in the next two weeks okay. um, come so down, and she's help. an experienced EN, so I think that will be super helpful um, for us too. Like she won't be... Um, you know, like totally this great. area is obviously very new to her, but she yeah. will have the basics yeah. in there so we can um, give her lots of opportunity to, mm -hmm. to learn up. Um, so I'm hoping that that will help as well. Um, but really it's just time management and I'm working hard at keeping mm -hmm. that on track and not letting myself get overwhelmed by That's it all. Good. Yeah, because no point. <laughs> I think so. Because <laughs> I, I, I swear, I, I swear, I saw a Snapchat of you saying something about you'd been in tears a couple of times during the week, and I was like, 
we need to make sure that you're okay. Oh, I just, you know, when you just like, people just say things and you know, they're not, they don't mean it, but it just hits you in that nerve at that, that moment. moment. And the only yeah. thing you've got left to do is just have a bit of a cry. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> well, you know, crying is a really good way to like, um, I think it like boosts your oxytocin. And that's why like, after you cry, you feel a lot more relaxed. You just release so all that you, you energy. Could say that crying is an act of self-love. Yeah. <laughs> Either way. It's easier to cry than, um, you know, swear at people sometimes. <laughs> hey, but. you know, um, you got me, you got me the best present ever. You got me two books. One of them is called Practice You and it's a journal. And the other one is Yoga. It's like a manual for life. And I've started both of them and they're amazing. The yoga so one. That yeah. journal is written, yeah. she, the lady that wrote it is a yogi as well and oh, has other yogi that. books, yoga books. I'll have to have a look. Yeah. Um, well, I've started, so I started, um, it's so good. It like basically prompts you, like and gives you a heap of, um, a heap of prompts. And one of them was like, this is how I love my body. And I really couldn't find a lot of things you know, I wrote avoiding sun exposure. <laughs> <laughs> um, that I have orthotics, like custom orthotics. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I need to love myself so much more. And it actually like prompted so many thoughts and feelings for me. And turning 30, I feel like has been a bit of a milestone. And, you know, a lot of my 20s was dealing with, you know, pretty serious mental illness and I don't feel like I had that kind of carefree 20s existence for a long time. Yeah. And I don't know now, I feel like I've turned 30 and I feel this shift and I'm feeling like, you know, a bit more perspective and, you know, having Ollie obviously has turned me into a mum even though I don't really feel that different. I just feel like yeah. I've got a child now that I have to care for um, um, along with caring for myself. But Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I just feel like... That, that the books that you've given me have just are so perfect. And I look at them and I think, oh, my God, does Kelly know me or what? Like, <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. It's, they're the best presents. And I literally i have had that yoga manual out with me this morning doing yoga. And I bought myself a new yoga mat, which I've wanted to do for like two years because I've got two that are absolutely shredded. So I feel like I've been saying it all along, but this year's a good year so far. Yeah. It's going to be a good year. I think it's going to be a good year. I was supposed to go to a full moon workshop on Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. um, and because the moon was rising at like 8.52 or something and the lady um, shares that I do it with her property backs onto this beautiful lake. Okay. And so she was going to do it in her backyard and do like intuitive movement and things like that. So as the moon was rising over the lake, it would be that. Anyway. Is that I like felt... interpretive dance? No, it's, in... well, <laughs> I don't know because I've yet to do anything about the, in... but it's intuitive movement. So she sure. explains it as like moving your body um, to however you feel it needs it at the oh, moment cool. with the music and stuff. So it was going to be like a, a full moon circle and then this intuitive movement as the moon was rising. Um, but I was, I felt so shit on Wednesday. Like I even left work a bit early because I just 
it didn't feel right or well. Yeah. Um, and I had the sorest neck and the worst headache. Oh, and yeah. Anyway. What happened to your neck? I don't know. I just got this big pimple cluster. It's all gone now. Oh. It's so weird, though. But, yeah, I thought I was getting shingles, so I was like, oh. Um, yeah, so I never made it to it. And I've been beating myself up because I had said to myself that this year I would go to every new moon mm-hmm. and full moon thing that Shez ran. Anyway, she's doing something tonight, um, like a circle. And I think... So is this all, like, um, via... Like Zoom or no, the other ones were all via Zoom, like okay. all the um, all the full moon, all the new moon ones we've been doing. But this one um was to be back in person, so she's doing like a um a circle tonight with like meditations and journaling and group connections, and it's all about surrendering. Oh wow! So I'm glad that I can go to that because oh, that's I feel like that will make up for the full moon one that I miss, which I'm devastated about because how many times is the full moon going to actually rise mm. on the night that you get to do it? Anyway, if you're <laughs> hey, you unwell, you just, like, I couldn't go and I went to bed early. and Yeah, of course. And I think um, that's a really good way to debrief. Like, we, we say that this these episodes are, like, debrief episodes, but that is a truly, like, great way to debrief your mind and body after yeah this stress and yeah and just definitely yeah hey um next time we debrief you have to tell us all about it because i have no idea what these things are i literally feel like it's i don't know six women naked standing around a rock looking up at the moon like i don't (laughs) (laughs) i will not be naked let me get that straight (laughs) I i just literally that's what i picture like something from like I don't know, charmed or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, nah, but there's like crystals and you know cards and stuff involved. So um, cool. But yeah, you you have to come to one one time. Yeah, I don't. I, I never. I don't sort of invite people or force people or say like you should come because obviously it's something that you have to do if you feel yeah, cool to do to it. it. Like it's yeah, not probably. something that like going to an in person one kind of freaks me out because there's a bit of anonymity even though your camera's on sitting behind a computer in the safety of your own lounge room than sitting on the lawn yeah with a group of people that you don't know oh and you have to be willing to be open and vulnerable in front yeah I found that I used to go to a group meditation um just here like at the community center yeah and um I started taking my mother-in-law and my Oma and um it's just one of those things like sometimes and at the end of it they'd like ask you if you wanted to share and most people would so then you felt pressure to share like yeah. about like where your mind went or like a lot of it was guided and then they would get to a point where you could go like off on your own in your own mind and um yeah sometimes like I would end it I'd just be in tears after it like mm. just fin- and you couldn't really say like why no. but um it's definitely yeah, something like you have to be a bit vulnerable and be willing. To, and it's so hard, especially when there's other people's noises and shit, like you can hear people breathing and stuff. So you've got to try and, like, it's really challenging to yeah. quiet your mind when you can hear other stuff. It was good. I got a lot out of it and obviously it stopped because of COVID. Because it's interesting, like, even on Zoom sessions, like um, Cheryl will do um, like energy clearings. Oh, yeah. And so 
you know, like she's in her office and we're obviously in our spaces and and she'll just be, you know, calling in the energies and and I sort of like to think about what I would like to clear while she's doing it because yeah. I feel like if you're putting it out there then maybe she can pick it up. Yeah. And the last one that we did, like the two that she cleared, I literally felt like they were for me. I mean, they could have been for everybody in that room, but it was exactly what I was saying in my head, like over yeah. and over to myself. And she was like, picked it up straight away. And yeah. um, that's at, cool. and it's powerful, even though it's on Zoom. So I can't imagine, you know, I've done meditation in person with her one-on-one before. Yeah. Um, and they've been like really powerful sessions. And yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how it is. I just... Yeah feel like you just go with an open mind and let whatever happen happen and then I love that kind of shit well I never used to so it's weird that I'm like fully embracing it now and because I feel like it's actually helping me firstly to commit to something just for myself yeah and no one's going to care if I don't turn up for something even though I've told myself that I'm going to go to every new moon intention yep. setting workshop yeah no one's going to care if I don't turn up but yep. I'll care yeah exactly right and you know I feel like to actually hold myself accountable is something I've never done in the past I yeah, just right. like let it go and be like it's fine like yeah it and doesn't matter about it. yeah no and now I'm like no you know like so Wednesday I was so upset that I couldn't go and um and so when she posted this about this I don't know when she posted it yesterday maybe I was like right I'm going like yeah even though I like Saturday nights at home like it's just something that I always Cam and I usually watch some TV together or something you know it's like our night together but yeah I was like no I'm gonna go yeah good but yeah so and you'll find fun. it's interesting like the book that you gave me the yoga one um she talks a lot about she was a ballerina and so coming from that life of like high pressure high stress yeah. like torturing your body um trying to basically be a contortionist like fit yourself into this perfect box that they paint for you and then yeah. um she got injured and then left the school that she was at and um and then got right into yoga and stuff and and she made a point of saying like a lot of the current yoga practices are very competitive. Like you do it hot and hard and fast and mm. um, attempt attempt poses that you're not ready for or that you don't have the strength for or um, that that you don't need, that you just want. Like she talks about how like yoga shouldn't be competitive and you shouldn't even be competing against yourself because it defeats the purpose. Yeah. She's like, but that doesn't mean that you do the same poses every day because um, what you need each day will change. And it was this whole thing of like, well, don't rest where you are, but don't challenge yourself to the point of competition, but try and discover more as you go. Yeah. And um, I just thought that was so good because I'm somebody who's always punished myself and always, um, you know, I've really had to teach myself to be kind in in those things. Like when you when you set yourself a goal, you set yourself a challenge and then you don't meet it. Like you're very good at being kind to yourself and going, that's okay. I don't, I don't need to, right? I don't think I was at thirty though. Okay. Like I think that has come with, that's definitely come with having a child. Yeah. And a premature child because I was so angry at my body Mm -hmm. for letting her down. Yeah. 
and so yeah I definitely think that has come with time yeah Yeah. right well that's good to know because I do feel like you know it took a lot of really teaching myself to be okay and to and I realize even now I haven't fully accepted myself because I'm Mm -hmm. always on these journeys of like renewing or changing or bettering or like I'm always journaling about things I need to do better or things that I like how I could treat people better or like you know just in general things that I need to improve on like in my journey of self-discovery but I'm never going what do I accept about myself today like yeah and that's i it's literally only been the last few days where I've sat there and gone, oh, my gosh, after all this time, after everything I've been through, I still don't accept myself. Yeah. And I think that's my next That's my yeah. next project. <laughs> Changing that wording around as well, like with these um, intention-setting sessions, changing those goals from really lofty big goals to literally mm-hmm. small things like, you know, um, in January, I think one of the ones was like to complete the calendar at work to set an organised path for my next six months. Yeah. Like that's not something that took very long. It took an hour at work for me to do. But I knew that it might not be something I would do because I would be like, oh, I'll just keep brushing over it. Mm -hmm. Um, And another one was something simple like um, finally tackle cleaning the cupboards in the kitchen. You'd like literally tiny goals that can be achieved, not big lofty things like, you know, deal with my mother trauma or <laughs> like like I've moved, I've decided that I can't. They're things that I can fix over time if I can address these other little things that I put off because I know but they cause me so much more anxiety on a day-to-day yeah. basis. Yeah. Yeah, like what can you fix that's going to make you feel better in the short term so that you then can face those things that will be yeah. in the long term. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And just changing those words around. And I think because I do have a nine-year-old child who or daughter who I worry about, you know, body image and things like that, changing the, the language that we use around ourselves and... Oh. You know, like I'm trying really hard. I've, I've been following a lot of like fat positive people on Instagram, you know, like Bodzilla and who have yeah. really made me realise that your body isn't something. I've spent my whole life trying to make myself smaller, smaller in my sometimes very loud personality, which not everyone gets to see. But when I when it's there, I feel like I'm being shushed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, smaller because I am a larger person and I feel like I don't fit in the world in a way that's appropriate or that because if I do speak up, I'm just the loud, fat, funny one, like trying to, so turning that around, you know, that's why I think lately I've been trying to do things that make me feel like my old self, like in my early 20s, I gave no fucks. Yeah. From about 18 to 22, I gave no fucks because I was accepted. Like yeah. when I worked on the cattle stations and things, like the boys didn't see me as a girl. Yeah. Like I was one of them. I was loud. I was brash. I could ride a bull in a rodeo. I could ride horses. I no couldn't fucks. ride a motorbike, but I wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't an issue. And, you know, like no one ever saw me as like, 
the girl, it wasn't until I got into nursing that I started to feel insecure about myself. Yeah. Because nursing, you know, nurses are meant to be pretty and mm. by, <laughs> you know, because of that old stereotype that yeah. people put out there. But it's just something that it's taken me probably a good 15 years to get to the point where I'm like, right, well, I have to be positive about my body image because mm-hmm. of my daughter. Yeah. It's I definitely to... something I think about having a daughter and yeah. my like having my own issues with like every woman does, I'm sure, but you know, I think like my mum was always on fad diets when I was growing up and always yep. like commenting on my appearance and always like she was the first one to point out if something didn't fit me or like if I was too big to go on a on a certain toy or ride or whatever. Like my mum was always the first person to point those things out and never, you know, never sort of made me feel good about who I was. And so I always, always, even as young as sort of nine, you know, I remember thinking that I was the biggest and I was the fattest yeah. and I wasn't like the other girls and, you know, that that I wasn't pretty or, yeah, you know, I never, ever felt pretty as a kid. And I think, like, how can I change that for Ollie? And how can I, how can I empower her to just love herself? And yeah. I try so hard, even now that she's so little, to be really positive about, Um, myself especially when I'm in front of her like I think it takes a lot more and it's something that I'm going through at the moment obviously um, my postpartum body is not the same as it was before and you know even though the number on the scale might be the same the shape is definitely different Mm -hmm. and it's not what I'm like necessarily comfortable with and um, you know when I think about when I feel the best about myself like I enjoy fitness so much. Like I really enjoy exercise and it's one thing that's always been consistent in my life that I actually have enjoyed it despite moments of it being punishment, like treating it like punishment. I have enjoyed, you know, every single form of it. And um, that's not my issue. Like I think, but I love feeling fit and I love feeling strong. Yeah. um, So you can be fit and strong and still not thin enough in people's eyes no it's so true and that's exactly how like when I was you know at my fittest and my strongest I still had all these issues that I hadn't really dealt with I think if I had had counseling back then maybe you know I would have been able to maintain it but it just wasn't sustainable what I was doing and um, I really was just treating my body like shit and um, not feeding it (laughs) and um, no exactly because you weren't exercising for your own mind, for your mental health. You were doing it to punish yourself and to lose weight. Because I didn't feel like I was good enough as I was. Yeah. And I think that's where it's different. Like I I still have so much to work through. Like I, again, it's the whole like accepting yourself. Like who I am at the moment, obviously I am overweight, but I do feel like that's not who I am. Like it's, uh, I guess... But no one's weight is who they are. No, exactly. And I think this is where society has really, no one would look at a thin person who's starving themselves and think, oh, they look terrible and say to them, you know, and I guess some people do get that, eat a burger or whatever. Um, And that's just internalised fat shaming as well. Like it's, I think, 
But I think a lot of that, a lot of that um, opinion sharing, the unwanted opinion sharing, yeah. often comes from people's own unhappiness. Like I find, yeah, absolutely. Like when I when I judge less, I feel less judged. Yeah. Like I I think when you're when you're happy with who you are, and you know when you're like you're not out there criticizing everybody else. Like I think if everybody just spent more time kind of working on accepting themselves, yeah, then maybe we'd all feel a bit more accepted. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing worse than someone saying, have you lost weight? Mm. And you're like, why? I've Why never does been that matter? Why don't just tell me that I look good today? Yeah. There's something about you. You look really good today. Yeah. Don't say, have you lost weight or you look good. When you your fucking because that just says to me, well, if you haven't lost weight, you don't look great. Yeah. yeah. You know, like it's that I don't often like to comment on people's appearance. Yeah. Even when people have lose a lot of weight, I would still rather compliment them in a way that makes them feel good. Well, I mean, a lot of people lose weight really want to know about it, but I don't want to I don't want to push on people that in order for them to look good, they have to lose weight. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm definitely more aware of that. Like the older I get and like the more I have my own stuff and like the amount of people that comment on Ollie's body now at oh. her age now. And like I have had a handful of people tell me that Ollie needs to go for a run because she is a chubby baby. Like she is a she chubby baby. She can't even fucking walk yet. Like. And, and, this <laughs> and so you should see my face. Like I've had like three people say that like, like, oh, a kid needs to cut down on the or whatever it is, or like, or oh, she looks like she could go for a run. And then he's, I think this man saw the look on my face was absolutely horrified that he'd said that. Like, this is a stranger. And then he was mm. like, oh, but look at those nice chunky legs. Oh, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. I'm like, yeah, yeah you'd want to fucking say that, mate. Like, <laughs> and at what point do those like chunky legs that you just want to like grab? become fat thighs that no one wants to see cover them up like at what point does that happen do you know this is the thing no little girls are born hating themselves no little girls are born fierce and confident and like spunky like I will never forget one of my good friends little girls came over and we were making cupcakes and she was like I'll put the icing on because I'm really good at that yeah and I I just sat there and I was like wow at what point do girls decide that self-deprecation is better than being proud or than being confident or that um you know like you said like making yourself small making yourself like seem coy and humble like yes it's nice to be modest but it's also nice to go you know what no I am good at that like I am good at it yeah like and, and that's okay it's when the internalized misogyny from your mother kicks in well it's that's I feel exactly like... when it is. Amelia is very confident in herself. Like oh, yeah. I don't I'm so glad that she she, you know, is happy to wear crop tops and yeah. you know, and I've never steered her away from wearing that. I remember when someone said to me, Oh, she's a bit young for a crop top, I would never let my daughter. I'm like, why? Mm. A bit of belly showing on a five year old? You're the one sexualizing that. Yeah. Exactly. Like not my kid just wants to wear it because she likes the T-shirt. One of the local theatre companies 
that I'm a part of had told one of the 15-year-old dancers that she wasn't allowed to wear like a crop top and short shorts because the young boys will get the wrong idea. Like, mm. and Let's and go it, tell those young boys, hey? Or it sent me <laughs> an absolute outrage when I heard about this. This girl is a freaking elite dancer. Like yeah. she knows what she's doing and she wears the clothes that she's comfortable in. If yeah. the boy, if, if you old fuddy duddies on the committee have an issue with it, then you have a conversation with the boys and say, if you dare make this girl uncomfortable, that's on you. Yeah, exactly. Like you need and to. And she's 15 reassess. years old. Exactly. Like, like, and all she's there to do is dance. Like that's her, her role is like yeah. dance. And, and I'm like Amelia yeah. does dance. She's been doing dance for years now and I'm so grateful that she's at a dance school. Like she's by no means, uh, you know, she's not the best at what she does. She's she's not the worst, but she's not like the most graceful person in the room. And she loves it. Like she loves Love it. it. And I'm so grateful that her teacher is just the most accepting, beautiful person who just gives those kids so much encouragement like the dances that Amelia is doing at the moment she's like front and center for both of them I love it and you know like Amelia is not the smallest kid in the class nor is she probably the biggest but I just love that that teacher I mean Amelia (laughs) rocks up in bloody crop tops to the like like little sporty crop tops all the time she never wears the um the ballet uniform because she's like, Mum, I'm too old for that. And I'm like, oh, I, sure. I really don't think there's an age limit on ballet le- tarts, like leotards. Like. <laughs> but she, it gives her confidence and she tries so hard and, you know, I think all the kids at that school, they are so, she's so inclusive and, you know, the concert this year, there was no, or last year, there was no concert, but they did some filming in on the stage at the... Um, Oh, at yeah. the local theatre yeah. so we could have concert videos. Yeah. And, you know, the little ballerina prep classes, you know, one of them pulled a tissue out of her top and blew her nose in the middle of it and another kid just had a coin that she carried around. And this woman just, just, yeah, she's just beautiful. She just lets them, Go with she it. can see that, it, you know, like you don't want to drill into these kids that, I mean, some dance schools, absolutely. Like if they are elite level, then obviously you're going to drill into them about things. But even then, I just don't think at eight or nine or less it's warranted. But yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. And I love that Amelia will still looks at me and tells me that I'm beautiful. And it's not, you know, she gets the fat thing. and But she will say to me, like I'll be like, oh, I just got to put my makeup on. She's like, you don't need makeup. You're so beautiful, and your hair looks beautiful today, mom. Or like she's, you know, or she'll come into me with whatever dress she's picked, and she'll be like, do I look good in this? And just be like throwing the typical Amelia pose. <laughs> do you know? But that's a credit to you and the way that you've raised her, and that obviously the mentality and like the example that you've set for her. Um, you know that that's a credit to you because kids learn from their parents like I mean other than you and I because we've learned what not to do yeah <laughs> uh, but you know that that's like when I think about Ollie getting older I I just you kind of want them to be blind to all of those things yeah. that society really 
um, focus on. And I look at, you know, you turn the ads on, like things are get you know heading in a better direction. Like you do see, you know, um, bigger women on TV, and you do see like occasionally. It's not often, but like, and you do obviously now. There's a lot more like of a multicultural kind of focus of being diverse on TV. Yeah. Um, you know, in every aspect, but I still feel like it's still not really normalised and I've been looking for freaking dresses to wear to a, um, the my brother-in-law's wedding and there are, like, yes, it is still getting better but it's still not good enough in my opinion. Like, no. um, you know, going through and seeing that companies only go up to as high as 16 and, uh, you know, it's that's really heartbreaking. You find something you love and then you think, well, no point getting that or whatever or it doesn't go up to my size and I actually went to like a, a big town like a really big town um in um like central victoria went looking for um a dress to wear there were literally two shops that that stocked a size 18 and i didn't like they were aimed at kind of older women so i yeah, really exactly didn't and there was another shop that like um like princess highway but their clothes are not like wedding worthy so that was kind of the end of it and I left feeling so deflated and feeling yeah. like like oh well society's trying to tell me that I don't belong here and that yeah. my postpartum body's not welcome yeah and you know <laughs> it, it just makes you feel so shit and you're like I'm yeah. the only fucking woman who's got like my clo- half my clothes don't fit me because my tits are so big now like <laughs> yeah and I'm like I'm not the only fucking woman going through this so why do I feel like I am like and then you have people like um Celeste Barber fabulous comedian very funny who puts out a body positive inclusive sizing range of bras and things but it goes up to a size 18 Mm -hmm. in the bra uh and a 20 or something in the like loungewear part of it I'm sorry but that's not size inclusive and just because you bend over and have a few rolls on your size 12 body yeah. does not mean you are a body positive person. Yeah. I, I find... definitely think they missed the mark on that one. Yeah. And I, I just... because they were promoting it as like this inclusive, inclusive. Yeah, thing. like I couldn't, you probably couldn't and have even bought so... anything on that range. I know, I even find like... that like, um, like really if something stops at like an 18E, which is what I bought for my, like, maternity bras, which I did buy from bras and things. But I'm like, they were my only – that was my only option. And I bought it in in three colours because I was like, well, it's the only thing I've got. And, like, they have been good. But there's lots of things that I've wanted to buy from there that I haven't been able to. And I think, well, I'm not that far on the other side of normal, I wouldn't think. Like, I really do feel for people who – like, I'm I'm struggling to shop. So I feel for people who – have this experience, you know, 24-7. And then you get shamed because you have to shop fast fashion because Mm. slow fashion and ethically sourced fashion isn't in your size. Um, I've been Um, trying to find... Or you can't afford it because it is in your size but it's very expensive. So I've been trying to find um, maternity, like not maternity but breastfeeding dresses for summer in a size 18 and do you think I can find one for less than $150? Like it is a fucking nightmare and there's none. There's like they're they're all gingham tablecloth dresses. Yeah. That's literally it. 
And that's why when I find clothes that fit, I just wear them to death. Like I have my Friday dress, the dress I wear every Friday. (laughs) Has there ever been a Friday where you've been like, fuck, it's not, it's not clean. Yeah, yesterday. (laughs) I had to wear my other black dress, which is normally my Saturday dress. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway, gee, we're Um, going to get society's issues today exactly we really have we've covered it all we've really prattled on for ages too so thanks for hanging in there for this extra long debrief yeah i reckon um, we do have some exciting news though to like completely change the subject let's hope if people haven't hung around this long they're going to miss it (laughs) um and we hope we would have liked to have done a live last week to tell you all but obviously alicia ended up in iso so that didn't happen but um Oh, probably a month or so ago now, I bought some safety glasses for work online um, for work because I hate the speed dealer ones that work supplies. And um, I emailed them because I was like in love with them the second I got them. And they're like blue blocking glasses and everything. So I emailed them and I was like, can I have a code for my? loyal listeners and they were like sure you can so tell so, us about the company so the company's called safe style and they have lots of range of safety glasses that are australia new zealand and usa credited with their safety standards which a lot of the safety glasses that are currently out there are not so they're you know technically your work won't accept them. Mm. I love that their whole thing is like from the work site to the weekend. Yeah, so they, they've got sunglasses for like the outdoor folk mm. um, and like I've got blue blocking uh, ones so I when I use the computer they really help my eyes. You can get prescription ones as well which I thought you was pretty cool which I will be getting ones. in the future. Um, now, we've got an unboxing to do which we'll hopefully do. Yeah next week or two which is exciting um and they yeah have kindly given us a code which you can use their website is um safestyle.com.au um we'll put it all in our show notes obviously so you can click straight through to um to them and our code is humorous10 um, so that's, that's humorous H-U-M-R-U-S, like the bone. R-U-S, 10, <laughs> 1, 0. And you'll get 10% off um, any of your purchases. I think, is it excluding prescription? No, I reckon it does. Oh, that's good. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to get ours. And I think we've got a pair. I'm buying a pair for Mick as well because he obviously works um, outdoors. So it'll be handy for him to have some uh safety glasses they actually look really cool i'm pre- and they have some awesome styles like they have some pretty modern like yeah ones and they've got pink yeah. clear and black i think and then you can yes. get like yellow lenses did you see the yellow lens yeah so i got i've got pink ones um want, no but i'm talking got... about the lens oh there's i want yellow lens ones anyway they're that really would be cool. weird though. I really, really like them. Yeah, they are really cute. So we'll do an unboxing this week. Um, but I might post. We it might actually we might be able to get it done before we release this episode. Actually, oh, that'd be good. So um, yeah, humorous ten for your that discount. 
And don't forget, these are 100% tax deductible. So get yourself a pair because obviously yeah. if you're working in a direct patient contact area, you'll need to be wearing safety glasses. Get them from Safe Style. Look at us. This is our first sponsorship, people. We, you know, how hard have we tried to get no pong, toilet paper? <laughs> uh, yeah, who gives a crap? They were like, thanks very much, but we don't do anything like that. <laughs> I was like, oh, but we love your toilet paper. <laughs> Did we, I just wanted them to send us a free box to give away or something. Free like box, that. yeah. I can't remember what it was because of obviously the toilet paper crisis. But yeah, that's right. Too funny. But, but yeah. Um, no, it's pretty mm. exciting. So um, we'll, yeah, hopefully get our unboxing done yep. before this episode comes out. And make sure you tag us in, um, if you do buy some, tag us in your post when you get them because yeah. we love that shit. Just tag us in your post anyway. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, I, tried to love get, it. I tried to get like a social movement happening to boost you. Like, oh, yes. Boost <laughs> we had one person reply saying she'd scrubbed half the sink and that nobody else had scrubbed the sink. And I was like, That's I'm not Nurse sure Bex. He's a yeah. drag queen from, the, <laughs> from England. He does a, he does a drag nurse. You've, all I think you're thinking was you've set your colleagues up to fail, mate. They were never going to do that. He was telling me that um, he got so shitty with how dirty things were, he just went around cleaning half of everything in the unit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I wish someone would do that with my house. Just clean half of it for me. That would be fine. <laughs> and cleans the other half. No, instead they'll whinge about the fact that only half of everything's clean. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Well, anyway. this is probably the longest episode we've had in ages. <laughs> you know why? Because you and I haven't seen each other. Like no. we saw each other for five minutes at my birthday, and then we haven't seen each other again. Yeah. I've lost the um the script. Oh yeah, I hear it. I found it. If you still, there's still some merch available too. Some badge reels, pens, stickers. If you want something, just shoot us a DM. Send us a DM anyway. Thank we you. love hearing from you. And they're cheap, honestly. And the pens are amazing. Actually, the badge reels are really good too. Oh, and did I ever get a badge reel? I think I need to get one because I'm going back to work. Oh, yeah. Scared. So fun. I'll be fine. Um, yeah. Follow us on oh. Instagram. Uh, oh, what is it? Nurses, nurses podcast. podcast, yeah. <laughs> and um, email uh, any email us. We love to get yeah. emails from any of our listeners. We tell us how your grad year's been. Tell us. Actually, we had an email the other day from someone. I might just quickly touch on it because she, um, Zoe, she said that she'd been listening to us through lockdown and that she's been a nurse for nine years and was you know, worried about she was leaving her med surge ward to do a secondment in a, um, like in a HITH department and she was worried about whether, you know, it was the right thing to do to leave bedside and is she done with it even though she's really burnt out from bedside nursing in the pandemic. Yeah. And I was like, mate, the best thing about nursing is you can always go back. Yeah. Just because you leave somewhere, it doesn't mean you can never, ever go back. Yeah, that's like so true. The nursing, you can jump from here to there to everywhere. Like that is the one good thing about nursing mm. um, is that if you do walk away to get yourself some life balance and you, when you're ready, you can go back. Yeah, so true. Yeah. But it was like I love hearing from the people that just 
like Can't another one. On. Love it. She was like, she said she just listened to the pajama paralysis episode, and she's like, it was so interesting. Thanks for making me laugh. I'm like, I love that. I love that. That, that episode was so interesting too because we we didn't really know much about it either, so we actually right. learned a fair bit too. Yeah, that's it. I mean, one good thing about this podcast too is that we actually learn stuff along the way. Yeah. <laughs> and if you've got any requests for episodes, like we we love to hear about what I you want to hear. Like, yeah. As much as we will just tell you what we want and we will just do whatever we want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> we, we do still really want to know what other people like. So, pajama paralysis was actually a suggestion from one of our listeners. And so then we were like, we don't know anything about it. And so then we um, yeah. let it out. So, um, you know, we, we keep our word. If we say we want we want to hear what people, you know, want to listen to, then we'll do our best to bring it to you. We will. So thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so, but do email us, humorousnurses at gmail.com. Humorous <laughs> like the phone. That's H-U-M-E-R-U-S. Bye. Bye.